The first reading can be followed on page 1104 of the Pew Bibles. I will be reading from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The second reading can be followed on page 1184. It's taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Rules for holy living. Since, then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. So God, our Father, as we look at this now, about what it means to live in the power of the resurrection, speak to each one of us, young and old alike, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a story told of a priest and a taxi driver. There's a priest here, there's a taxi driver here as well this morning, and the story goes that they both die at Easter. And they, they both go to meet St. Peter. And St. Peter says to the taxi driver, I've got a great place for you. And the taxi driver has this huge mansion and there's this great swimming pool. And the taxi driver is very grateful. And then he says to the priest, 
I've got a place for you as well. And it's kind of this wooden shack. And the priest looks all dejected and says, well, surely God got this wrong. To which St. Peter then responded, well, dear priest, you were in church every day and you preached an awful lot of sermons, but a lot of people fell asleep in your sermons. Whereas this taxi driver, when anyone got in his car, they prayed. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's true or not, but we'll, we'll see. Why don't we have a look at this slide? Does anyone know where I am? Anyone gotten a clue at all where I am? Where am I? We'll see. I'm in the churchyard. Well done, Rob. You can, you can. Haven't, don't you think that, sorry, political statement here. Don't you think Cadbury's have gone downhill since they went American? Yes. You know what? I opened this this morning, and you're not going to believe this. It's got so cheap that one was put in without a wrapper. <laughs> Off the wall, rebound. <laughs> Why am I here? Why have I put you a picture up of the churchyard? This is why I put you up of a church. What I have to tell you is a true story. It's a true story, and the person came to see me to talk to me about this, gave me permission to, to, to share this. They don't come, come to church and say, well, but some of you might know this person. And they came to see me a week last Wednesday. And you know when you have a conversation with someone and you don't quite feel that you're getting to what the reason why they came? And they were skirting around the subject. And so after about 20 minutes, I said, well, why did you come and see me? And they said, well, I wanted to know whether I'd get in. Whether I'd get in there. Believe it or not, I have at least a few times every year with people wanting to know if they, if, they, if, they, if they get in. I could reassure the person after about 10 seconds that they, that they would get in, that they would be eligible and, and so on from there. But it went into a more important discussion. That this, when I asked the question, well, do you know where you're going? Because that was a, a far more interesting discussion to, to have as far as I was concerned. And, and they admitted they didn't know. See, would she get in? Do you know where you're going? And then last Wednesday, George and I went to see a film. We went to Cineworld. We didn't go and see Kung Fu Panda 3, because I've seen Kung Fu Panda 3, and I just want you to know I fell asleep in it. <laughs> so there we go. We went to see Risen. Has anyone seen Risen? Anyone go to see Risen? This is, this is the story of the resurrection of Jesus as told through this man's eyes. This man's eyes, he's Clavius. He's a Roman tribune, which means he's a high-ranking Roman soldier. And he gets the task straight after Easter Sunday of finding the dead body of Jesus so that the disciples can't say that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so he goes searching all over the place. He digs up lots of dead bodies trying to find Jesus, and so on. But he doesn't find Jesus as a dead body. He finds Jesus as a man, alive. 
And he has a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus says to Clavius, well, what frightens you? To which he responds, being wrong. And wagering eternity on it. You see, what we all know in life is this. We kind of begin from an egg, don't we? Not one of these. We, we live this life. Life is all about, if you like, is this life the only thing that there is? Or is there something more? You see, we could call this life one point naught. You see, we know that at some stage our bodies will pack up and that will be it. But the Bible talks about another type of life. What do you see in front of you? A rock, some paper, and some scissors. Now, if you see a rock and some paper and some scissors, what do you think of? What do you think? A game. Oh. It's all right. I'll, I'll bring you another one out in a minute. So I thought what we'd do is we'd play a game of rock, paper, scissors. So stand up. This is how the rules are going to work. You play first of all in your row. Now you only get one chance. It's not best of three. And if there's more than so many people, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for one person standing in each row in about 30 seconds. So rock, paper, scissors. And if you get beat, sit down. <laughs> right, let's have a look. Who's still standing? Right, Richard, come here, you're still standing. Yeah, come here. Kim, you're still standing. Penny, you're still standing, come here. And Lisa, you're still standing. Well, I just decided that I just picked you up completely at random because I think we'll have a bit of a laugh at your expense. So, come on out. Okay. I chose two from each side. So, there we go. You two this side. always fun. Right, so this is the semi-final. <laughs> and it's still only one. It's, it's sudden death, right? After three, hands behind your back. I don't want any cheating. Not that you cheat, of course. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> right, so we got left? Kim and Penny. Oh, there we go. Right, you can, you're, the, you're the... Right, here we go. You can cheer for Penny if you want. Yeah, you, sound, you look like the disciples on Easter morning. You can cheer for Kim if you want. Well, you look... Well, I won't say what I was going to say. Right, okay, that, best of three. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh. 
Wood. Paper, stop. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, Penny, you won. There we go. You can sit down. Do you want a cream egg? No, I might drop them. So, who had them? Who got the first one? There you go. There's two left in there. Rock, paper, scissors. But they actually tell us about the Easter story. I'm going to start with the paper. Put your hand up when you think you know what I'm making. What do you think I'm making? I'm not making a, a paper aeroplane. Put your hand up when you think you know what I'm making. Go on. I'm not making a, a hat. You see, this is where the scissors come in. Have a little cut there. I'm making a giraffe. <laughs> I'm making a cross. You see, because at the heart of the Easter story is a cross. And at the heart of the Easter story is a stone. And of course, what Jesus was showing by his life and by his death and by his resurrection was that there was a new type of life that was available. You see, this is where the scissors come in. You see, those two bits that I cut off, they're not rubbish. They actually spell a word. The word you can see down there, it's the word life. You see, by his death and by God raising Jesus from the dead three days later, Jesus talked about a new life being available to anyone who would embrace the cross and the resurrection. You see, it's so important to us in life. And it's all about embracing these things that Jesus died on the cross for your and for my sin. And that God raised him to life three days later. The sinless one who never sinned. And therefore, the power of sin, death, could not hold him. And so that's how God raised him to life. And he said, not that you can have this life when you die. He said you could have this life now. As soon as you embrace the Easter story for yourself. Because kind of like Clavius had realized as he went on this journey, he'd realized that he couldn't reconcile two things. He'd seen a man dead and that same man alive again. And it got him on a journey where he started to realize that life was more than what he actually knew. And what Paul then said to the church at Colossae, he said these words, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Notice the past tense. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind 
on things above, not on earthly things. If we want to understand this Easter story and then understand how it applies into our lives now, this is how it does it. By setting our hearts on things above, not on earthly things. By setting our minds on things above, not on earthly things. I don't know if any of you have ever been here before. It's a ruin. It's a monument. It's actually a place called Wenlock Priory. It's near Shrewsbury. It's owned by English Heritage. If you were to go to this place, you know like when you go to these ancient buildings, like when you go to Gory Castle or anywhere like that, you get given this audio tour that you can take with them and you can put the earphones on and message of the history of the place. Well, you could do exactly the same here and you get the message or the history as is told by one of the last monks there. And this, one of the last monks, he tells the story as you go around that this was a special place. This was a sacred place. This was a holy place. But also, you find that these monks who'd spent all their time worshipping God and isolated from the west of the world, one of the monks talks about how easy it was, easy for them to have their minds and their hearts taken away from the things above and to focus instead on the earthly things. And at the end of the tour, the last monk will say these words. If you were to go and hear this, he would say these words. He would say that it's so important if you've been impacted by the cross, if you've been impacted by the resurrection, this life 2.0, eternal life we might want to call it, that Jesus brought by his death and his resurrection. It's all about... Not spending lots of time in prayer, as important as that is. Not spending lots of time hidden away. But it only comes through the renewal of our hearts. Through the renewal of our minds. If you remember, if you were here just before Christmas, I drew you a picture. It was a picture of a heart. If you like, this is, this is God's heart for each one of us. It's big, it's vast, it's huge because God has so much love for us and so much blessing that he wants to pour out for us. And this, if you like, is if you like, my heart. It could be, could be your heart. It actually could be our church's heart because it works just as much as a community as it does for, for an individual. And what Paul was saying to that church there was it was saying to them, set your hearts on things above, not on earthly things. Now you can read the rest of the passage and I can tell you what the earthly things are, but you wouldn't you would know them. It wouldn't take you too long to make the list up. But he said to them, There's also the things above. This is what I want to describe you. It's called kindness. It's called compassion. It's called humility. It's called forgiveness. Those are the things that are above. And above all, put on love. And when we do this in our lives, our hearts start to grow. They start to reflect God's heart. It's the same as well as a church. And that's what it means to live out The resurrection today. To live 
with our heart set on things above. And when we do that, there will come a day, as Paul said, when our earthly bodies will pack up. But there will come a day at the end of time when Jesus will come back in glory and he will raise us with new resurrected bodies to live not life 2.0 but to live life 3.0 that now what we only experience the foretaste we will see to full fruition let us pray so God our Father help each one of us to understand the meaning of the Easter story And to then set our hearts and set our minds on things above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.